Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm Rachel Hollis. I'm your host, coming to you from Austin, Texas. And today I am answering a question that came from a listener. If you have never done it before, you've never heard me talk about it before, then let me tell you uh, that we have a hotline here for the show where people from all over the world call in and ask a question or tell a story about how the work of this show has helped them. And I feel super blessed. I opened up the spreadsheet where all the voicemails sit and this morning when I was going through it, it was like 22 cool stories and three questions. So I feel so freaking pumped. I heard the most amazing stories about, actually, I'll, I'll share my favorite one. Um, I heard a story from a woman named Claire up in Canada who told me something really cool. So I'll put that in at the end so that you guys can hear it too. I love knowing that the work that we do on this show is affecting your lives. So thank you for those stories. But I also really love questions. And it gives us great ideas for topics of conversation, just like in today's episode. So if you have a question that you're wondering something, maybe it's something fun and silly, like, hey, Rachel, which uh, root cover-up do you use to cover up all the gray hairs that are currently climbing out of your center part? Or maybe you want to talk about something more serious or something more fun or whatever, then the number that you're going to call is 737-400-4626. That's 737-400-4626. We'll also put that in show notes if you want to grab it. But you can call and leave your name. We can use your name or we can make it anonymous. You could just ask the question. But that's where you call if you've got a question. And specifically, I am doing some upcoming episodes about being single. I'm not single anymore. I keep talking about it lately, and I don't want people to think that I'm not still desperately in love with my mans. Uh, but I was single for a while, and I have some thoughts, and I have some friends who are living that single life, and we're going to talk about it because Valentine's Day is coming up. So if you've got any love questions, relationship questions, single questions, or just any old thing at all, you're going to call 737-400-4626. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast, I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. And that is where I got today's question, which is about forgiveness. We are going to talk about forgiveness. And then there's that old expression like forgive and forget. And what does that mean? And 
I am approaching this. I want to be like so zen for you guys and so evolved as a human being that I tell you that our goal today is to make ourselves like so at peace and so centered that the things people do don't affect us and that that's awesome. I wish I was that girl. I'm not there yet, maybe in 20 more years. What I want to talk about when it comes to forgiveness is how you can really move past people who have hurt you. And in some cases, that means moving past and not interacting, like creating boundaries so that you won't be hurt again. And in other instances, that means that you learn to forgive so that you can grow stronger in your relationship and, you know, your relationship with your mom. And it gets better once you're able to forgive her for things that happened in your childhood. Or maybe your wife has hurt you and you need to be able to forgive her for things that have happened or your best friend or whatever but that's the conversation today. It's not from a, oh, nothing should affect you or make you emotional because I don't know how to live life that way. I get my feelings hurt pretty easily and I work on it a lot. And the reason forgiveness matters for me as it pertains to us is that you holding on to that anger, that bitterness, that hatred, that fear, that anxiety, any sort of negative emotion that you are holding on to because you have been hurt by this person is hurting you. That's why it matters. That energy that is being expanded to make sure that you can hold space for all these negative emotions that you feel and keep living your life is just such a waste. So that's why we are going to talk about it today. But specifically, we're going to talk about it because I got this voicemail from a listener named Ella. Hi, Rachel. My name is Ella. Um, I recently <laughs> sent you an Instagram DM about some issues I was dealing with with my mother being. I just, I'm really struggling with my life and with forgiveness. Forgiveness is really hard for me, especially for people who have wronged me and made me go through really tough times. And I know you've also gone through a lot of tough times with your parents or with other people. And I was just wondering how you overcome that and stop being angry and just forgive. That's something I've really been struggling with. So if you can, I would love for you to answer that. Uh, <laughs> if not, that's okay, too. I still love you. But um, thanks so much. Bye. All right. Ella, thank you so much for calling in. I know it's not an easy topic. I appreciate that you sent me a DM on Instagram. I will tell you guys, I I get so many, I get thousands and thousands of DMs. So pretty often I'm not able to respond to everybody. If I go onto Instagram at all, that's what I'm doing there. I, I don't post very much, but I do try and go in and interact with y'all. And just because there's so many, I can't get to them. So there's a good chance I don't even see them. But there are far fewer people who are leaving voicemails on the hotline. So it's an easier way to get me to respond to something that you're wondering. So I love this topic. And I sort of chuckled when I heard it today because I always feel like, you know, the universe is forever nudging me in the direction that I'm meant to go. And 
this topic is a really good one right now because I have been hurt by someone who's hurt me a lot in the past. And I've just found out a lot more information about this person that is deeply hurtful because it means there was even more that happened in the past that I didn't know about. And so I'm just grappling with all of these feelings and their feelings of anger and disappointment and frustration and sadness that I thought had passed. Like I thought we were past this. And it turns out, man, it like still stuff can come up that you're like, dang it. I thought I had moved on, but that is still there and it's still hitting me. It's still knocking me sideways. So this is a really good conversation for me today because it's something I'm actively working on in my life. And the really important place to start with Ella is to understand that forgiving someone is for you. Forgiveness is, there's this old quote that I'm going to, oh, I can't remember who said it, but it's something like forgiving someone is being freed from a prison and then realizing that you were the prisoner. I just butchered that quote. But essentially the idea is that you are holding these negative emotions and you're the one who's suffering. And sometimes we hold on to these negative emotions and we suffer for years, decades. Y'all, I know that I am not the only one right now in this conversation between me and you who still upset about things that happened in our childhood, things that our parents did, things that our siblings did, or things that the mean girls in school did that we're still holding on to, or that something will, you'll be going through your day and you're, you know, 47 years old and someone will say something and it'll trigger a feeling that you associate with being in seventh grade and someone bullying you. We still have a lot of these negative feelings inside of us. And I think there is this perception that forgiveness means that they, I'm using air quotes, whoever they is for you, that they get away with it. That if you forgive this person, then it's like, oh, well, they did this really bad thing. In some instances, they created trauma or really intense pain, and maybe sometimes they did it more than once. And that if you forgive them, that you're saying that it was okay. So I thought we'd start there because what's interesting, y'all know I love a definition. I love the meaning of words. And so I looked up the definition of forgiveness, and I was actually surprised by what it said. To forgive is to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake. To stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake. That means that forgiveness, first of all, if you are forgiving someone, then you are acknowledging that what they did was wrong. Let's just hold space for that for one second. Just the act of forgiving someone means that you are acknowledging that they did something wrong. You're not letting it go. You're not like ignoring it. You're not sort of pushing it under the rug. 
all you're doing is saying, I am no longer going to feel angry or resentful towards you about this. So just the act of forgiveness is already acknowledging wrongdoing. And then the second part of that that really surprised me was that to forgive is just saying, I'm no longer going to let this make me feel badly. I'm no longer going to let your actions cause me to suffer. Because make no mistake, if you're feeling anger, resentment, frustration, sadness, anxiety, any of those things, you are in a state of suffering. You are in a state of suffering brought on by someone else's actions, but you're still feeling pain for it. So what I want us all to get in our heads right now is forgiveness is not permission. Forgiveness is saying, I'm no longer going to allow your action to make me feel badly. Let's start right there. Now, before we go further into the act of actually putting that into practice, not just saying that you're going to forgive someone, but actually putting it into practice, I do want to ask us to compartmentalize today or to kind of break this into parts because there are two types of forgiving, I think. There is a forgiving that says, I am in a relationship with you, whether that's a friendship, a partnership, a marriage, a romantic relationship, a parent-child relationship, any kind of relationship. So there's, I'm in a relationship with you, and I want us to still be in a relationship, and I want our relationship to possibly grow stronger, or maybe I just want it to be maintained for what it is, but I don't want that relationship to be negatively affected by what has happened, and so I'm choosing to forgive. That is option one. Option two is I am in a relationship with you, whatever kind it is, and I need to forgive you But I also need to hold boundaries in place so that this does not happen again. And in that second scenario, you are not going to have the same kind of relationship going forward, or you're not going to have any kind of relationship going forward because what they have done has passed the point where it is appropriate to still be in some kind of relationship with them. So there are two things here. And I think, again, when we talk about forgiveness, we tend to only think of the option where we're forgiving someone but staying inside of a relationship. And it is also possible to forgive someone for yourself so that you have that freedom, but say, I forgive you, but the trust has been broken and Me holding my value for myself means that I'm no longer going to interact with you because that's not healthy for me. Only you can decide what the answer to that is. But I do want to say that being family with someone is not enough reason for me to believe that, oh, we're going to be in a relationship no matter what. I absolutely don't believe that. And I think that if you do believe that, either you don't have 
family members that are as toxic as some of my family members, or you maybe do have family that's that toxic, but it's never occurred to you that you are not required to do life with people who hurt you repeatedly. So only you can decide what the situation is, but just know that the forgiveness is for you and then you get to decide what the relationship looks like from there. So I guess the first question to ask yourself is what we're hoping to get out of this scenario. So I'm first going to guide you guys through what I think the process is for forgiveness and working on it, like still being in a relationship, and then what the process is for forgiving and then removing someone from your life. I think like all things, to really forgive, you have to have a strong enough why. Because there's a reason, Ella, that you're holding on to this anger for so long. That anger is serving you in some way or you wouldn't do it. That anger is serving as a protective mechanism maybe. Maybe it makes you feel safe or maybe it keeps you alert like, oh, well, if I'm, you know, if I maintain my anger, then they can't do this to me again or you don't want them to get away with it or that anger is actually your fear that's manifesting. You're trying to manifest it in a stronger emotion but you wouldn't be holding on to it if it didn't serve you in some way. So the only way you're going to get past it is to have a why that's strong enough. For instance, I have had to work a lot on my anger toward my ex-husband. I've had to work a lot on anger, disappointment, fear, like all the things. (sighs) for two years or seven years, however you want to look at it. But if I did not have children, then I would just be like, fuck that guy. And I would never interact with him again. That That's just the freaking truth. Uh, that is absolutely the truth. But I do have four children, which means that for the rest of my life, I am tied to this person. And not only that, I don't want my kids to have to deal with some of the stuff that I dealt with when my parents got divorced. I don't want my kids to feel awkward at a birthday or at a holiday because they can feel that tension. I don't want that for my children. And so again and again and again, I have really worked on how to forgive. And there are just so many opportunities for that. And there continue to be opportunities for that. And I'll tell you that one of the best practices I know, and it sucks, especially if you're angry and especially if the hurt feels pretty raw, is a gratitude practice for the person who's hurt you, which is freaking brutal, but so mature. And I personally don't want to do it, But I do want to make decisions that are the best for my children. So that's my why, Ella. That's the why that I can come back to. Even when I don't feel like it, I'm like, 
F this guy. And then I'm like, wait, no, okay, that's not going to serve you. And that's not going to serve the babies. And so we're going to do a gratitude practice and we're going to think of good memories, or we're going to think of these children and the fact that you couldn't have made them without this person. And we're going to focus on that and the good parts of this person instead of dwelling in the negative. And that will really help me come back again and again. And if nothing else, it helps me to rise above. So there are scenarios where it is not healthy to interact outside of the children. But if I can focus on gratitude for this person and challenge myself when I think of him to send him light and send him love on behalf of what he helped me to create in these, you know, this beautiful family, that allows me to wash away any anger that I'm holding. And what's interesting is that I will tell you that the anger, some of y'all are going to really get this, whether it's a parent, a best friend, a partner, an ex, the anger really is equal to anger at myself. Like I will feel angry at him really the anger is toward myself because if I like unpack it and dig it up, the anger is, I can't believe you are here again. I can't believe you let yourself be hurt again. I can't believe you fell for this again. I can't believe fill in the blank. And I know some of y'all have a similar scenario with I've experienced this with my parents before, certainly, where, you know, I'm like, we're trying to sort of be like, let's be a family and let's like, you know, whatever. And you go hang out and then they do the stuff that they did to you when you were little or they say things or they make you feel uncomfortable or, and then you're like, ah, I can't believe I fell for it again. Or I think your sort of little girl heart is like, I can't believe that I believed in you again. That's what's brutal is that you believed again. And so not only are you holding the pain of what has happened, but then you're holding the disappointment of wishing that this time it was going to be different. So in the instances where someone has continually hurt me, I have had to make a choice that we would only have the most basic, whatever the most basic of interactions were in order for me to hold boundaries in place. Like in those instances where you can't just cut someone out completely like, you know, your kid's mother or your kid's father. In instances where I've had friendships or I have had family members where there is a way forward, Number one is allowing yourself to feel the feelings, allowing yourself to feel the negative feelings, to feel the grief, to feel the sadness, to feel that, knowing that the intent is to feel those feelings so you can let it go. Because I think that one of the most dangerous things you can do when you've been hurt is pretend that you have it. 
And what's interesting is that in order for you to process your hurt, you have to feel very safe to do that. I didn't know that, honestly, until I met my current boyfriend. Like, I didn't know that the one of the most powerful signs of intimacy, I think, of a strong, healthy, intimate relationship is that you feel safe to process your hurt and your anger with your partner. Having come from a relationship where that didn't feel as possible for a myriad of reasons, I didn't even know that I didn't do that. So when you know, you first get together and you're in a relationship and it's like lovey-dovey and everything's so great. And then you're together long enough where something happens, something hurts your feelings or something makes you angry, I would shut down, like completely shut down. And if we both, you know, he travels a ton for work or if I was out of town or whatever, if I would just sort of stop communicating or if we were even in the same city or even in the same house, I would just emotionally shut down. I'd go pour myself into work or I'd go on a run. I'd do something where I wouldn't interact. And I didn't even know that that was wrong or unhealthy because that's how I had dealt with those emotions for so long. And he would really challenge me, like when he realized what I was doing, uh, he was just like, if I piss you off, like tell me that I piss you off. Because he's like, you are setting me up for absolute failure because you won't tell me what you're upset about. And so I don't even know that I've done something or I don't know what I've done. I just know that all of a sudden, like the light's gone out in your eyes. So he's like, you just need to tell me. And it's the craziest thing. I've had to work so hard on telling him in real time. Because I was so used to processing everything myself and then coming to a conclusion that he, like, one day was just like, why does this need to be so dramatic and big and drawn out? Like, couldn't you just say, like, hey, man, when you said this thing, it pissed me off. Or when you said this thing, it hurt my feelings. And then we could talk about it and then we could move past it and it would be done in eight minutes instead of two days. And that had never occurred to me because I never have experienced that you could tell someone that you were upset or that your feelings were hurt and not have it blow up and become something crazier because of my childhood or because of my marriage. And so I had to really practice that and it still kind of scares me sometimes, but it didn't, I didn't even know that was a thing. And I realize now it's a, it's a good one for you guys, especially if you're in a newer relationship to understand that that's intimacy. That's a really healthy thing. If you can honestly talk about the way that you're feeling, even if what you're going to say might hurt it might hurt your partner to hear. That's intimacy. I think this in friendships too. We were we were out to dinner we were on a double date uh, with Sammy and Beans, and we were talking about this idea of having friends that are close enough that you're willing to hold space for 
them being disappointed in you. And Beans was telling this story about one of her friends who's so good about knowing what he needs and knowing the boundaries that he needs. So for instance, like he's the king of canceling plans at the last minute. So let's say he told you he was coming to your birthday party. And then at the last minute, he's just, you know, he's an introvert and he's overwhelmed and he's like, I can't go. And so she was saying he's such a good friend because he knows that he's going to disappoint you so that he doesn't disappoint himself. And in the disappointing you, he's willing to hold space for, hey, I know I'm really frustrating you right now, or hey, I know that this is disappointing. So let's get together and let's talk about it because I want to process that with you, not in a way that excuses what I've done, but allows you to vent your frustration. I mean, that's a freaking mature friendship. Instead of just like behind the scenes being pissed and talking crap about your friend to your other friends or your mom or your sister or whatever. So that was a huge thing for me to understand that you need to feel safe to really feel how you're feeling. So if the only emotion you can feel about the hurt is anger, that's because the anger is how you're processing this because anger is safe. If you think about it, like being angry is still being in control. Being hurt or disappointed or scared or anxious, those are weaker feeling emotions for us. So having the courage to actually have your feelings hurt and trust that you're in a relationship with someone who won't use that against you is big. But if this is the kind of relationship that's going to move forward and that's going to evolve from this, you have to be willing and able to process correctly. So feel the feelings for a certain amount of time. We're not talking the next 12 years. And then work on letting it go. I was talking to a therapist once and she told me this story about boundaries that I think is really powerful in this instance. Because sometimes we've been hurt and we still want the person to be in our life, but we know instinctively that it can't be what it was, that we can't go back to the intimacy we had or to the closeness we had, at least maybe not yet. Maybe trust has been hurt and they need to earn back that trust. And she said, I want you to imagine that you are on a dartboard. So if you think of a dartboard, you've got that bullseye in the center, and then there's those circles going out. Each, each layer is a different color. And she said, the closer we are to someone in relationship, the closer we are, the closer they stand on the dartboard to the bullseye, right? Like they're in the 100-point circle or Maybe they're in the 75 or they're in the 50, but she said every time someone hurts you, they get pushed out a ring, right? They get pushed out a level. They're further away from the bullseye. And sometimes someone does something so heinous that they get pushed completely off the board. Or sometimes they keep doing things. Nothing's big enough to push them over the edge, but each one pushes them further and further and further until they're off the board. But essentially, 
the level of intimacy and safety that you can have with someone is directly proportionate to where they stand on your board. If you're trying to have an intimate relationship with someone who's on the outer ring, it's never going to work. If you are in a marriage with someone who's on the outer ring, you're in trouble. Incidentally, the only person that's allowed in the center, the only person that can be in the bullseye is you and God. Nobody else can be in the center of who you are except for you and your creator. But people can be very close, but that requires a level of intimacy and trust that doesn't exist when they've hurt you. Now, you can be on a further ring of the dartboard and work your way back. But that is an active choice that someone else is making to earn back your trust. And it's an active choice that you make to allow them to earn back your trust. One of the most horrible things that couples do is have a situation where, let's say you're in a relationship and your partner cheats on you, and then you say that you've forgiven them and you want to work on it, but every single time anything comes up, you're like, yeah, well, four years ago, remember those text messages I found on your phone? Like you just keep bringing it up again and again and again, and they're actually trying to restore trust. They're trying to work on the relationship, but they don't stand a chance. In that instance, you're holding on to your anger, but you're also using the relationship to punish them. In your heart of hearts, you have no real desire to truly forgive. You want to have a relationship with them so that you can find a way to get revenge. And your revenge is slowly one, you know, bit at a time. There's lots of couples who come back from infidelity and hurt, lots of couples do. And they come back and they're stronger and they're better and they live really happy lives together. But I promise you that that doesn't happen when you're still holding on to what was. It's a good question to ask yourself if you are with someone that you've said you're gonna forgive, but you bring up the hurt they did you at every opportunity. To me, at some point then, you become just as toxic and horrible to them as they were to you. You're becoming the very thing that you hate. Think about it. If you really want to be with someone and if you really want to work on it, then do. But do it truthfully and authentically to the best of your ability. Now, there are certainly times where the forgiveness isn't like it isn't easy in coming because what they've done isn't something that you want to be in a relationship with. And in that instance, I really, sometimes people do something and you're like cold turkey, like cut off, no problem. You just don't interact anymore. But there are people in our life, especially if they've been in your life for a long time, or maybe they're a family member, they've been there your whole life, where it is so easy to fall into bad patterns because you've been in bad patterns with that person so many times before. I am really good at, I'm not as good, 
years of therapy. Don't worry. I'll keep going. I'm not as good with the people like with family members or my ex where I've sort of been programmed a certain way where I've done something for so long. It's very hard to rewrite that narrative. But I will say with newer friends, newer acquaintances, business acquaintances, I do like if you show me your true colors, we're done. And I won't hold anger about it. And I won't, I'll never talk about you. I'll never, none of it. But it is an immediate thing for me. Like I will block your number in my phone. We're done. Because I think that there are people who do something that shows such a lack of character that it doesn't matter to me if you are genuinely sorry for what you've done. I don't want someone with that lack of character in my life. Like I am so freaking blessed to have amazing friends, have an amazing boyfriend, to have so much goodness here. Why on earth would I have people in my circle who would show such a lack of character. I just, it's not, I'm not interested. And in the industry I'm in, a lot of people will continue to be friends, to be acquaintances, to be business partners with anyone, even if they're horrible people, because they want that connection or they want you know, that person's Instagram follow, they want what that person has. So they'll sort of stay in relationship with people who aren't good. And I, I just, it is, oh my, it makes my skin crawl. And I think if you've been in my, like, if you've been with me for a long time, there have been times where I was really good friends with people because I didn't know their true character. And when, it's shown, it's done. And there's never, like, I'm not, I don't care how powerful they are. I don't care what access they can give me because I just think, you guys, that that stuff rubs off on us. Like, you should want to be friends with the barista and the cool second grade teacher and the running club down at the park, like the real people who have integrity and character that should be more important to all of us than someone who has a lot of followers on social media or someone who can get you access to the cool party or it's like the same advice I would give my kids. If someone shows you who they are, believe them and forgive them for you and let go of it for you. There is no nowhere is it written that you need to keep trying to make something work just because it worked before. Like I'm always amazed. I get a lot of questions from women asking like, oh, I have this friend and she's so toxic. And every time I hang out with her, it makes me sick. And Or I have this friend and when I hang out with her, I become gossipy and mean and I hate my... It's like, what are you doing? Why do you keep interacting with someone who's hurting you? Why do you keep interacting with someone who's making you a worse version of yourself? There's so much goodness in this world. There's so many good people. Better one good friend of character than a hundred 
pieces of crap just so you can say you have a hundred friends? What a waste. Yeah, when it's when it's time, when someone shows you who they are, yeah, believe it. And on the same token, when someone is genuinely sorry and they are working on making it right, believe that too. Because we are humans, we fail, we fall, we mess up. And if you can see something from someone else's perspective, you can understand a bit more why they might make the mistakes they make. It is very helpful to put myself in the position of people who've hurt me and to use my imagination to try and think of what that might've felt like for them or why they made those choices. It doesn't make their choices right, but at least I can understand the humanity there because I'm certainly not perfect and I don't need other people to be perfect in order to be in my life, but I need them to do their best to be good humans. And when someone is doing their best to be a good human, they still might get it wrong sometimes. And if they are earnestly working on making amends, have faith and trust that they're doing their best. But the bottom line for Ella and for anyone else who's in this is you are the one that is being hurt by holding on to the anger. You're the one that's being hurt by holding on to the hurt. It's like you are drinking poison every day. Every time you think of that person, you're drinking poison. And yet you keep on rolling over and getting a cup of it. So you need to do something to change the way that you're feeling. Because when all of your energy and focus can go on a beautiful, bright future that you want to create for yourself and your family, that's wildly powerful. That's you manifesting that sort of beauty in your life and creating it and making it your truth instead of focusing constantly on all the hurt in the hopes that you're not going to get hurt again. All right. Thank you to Ella for this question, for calling into the hotline. If you want me to answer one of your questions, call 737-400-4626. I hope that you guys like this episode. As always, the podcast is forever free, but I would so appreciate if you're listening this long, it means you like this work share it with your friends. Take a screenshot, post it on social, or send it to a friend that you think really needs to hear it today. Till I see you next time, remember, I love you. I'm rooting for you. And make sure you subscribe to the pod so you get a notification every time we post a new episode. Oh, and remember I told you how at the end of the episode I was going to share a little good news with you? Well, listen to this call-in from listener Claire, who has done something really cool with her goal setting based on the inspiration of the work we do here on the show. I love hearing stories like these guys. Keep them coming and keep believing that tomorrow is going to be better than today. You never know what you are capable of until you try. Hi, Rachel. Um, this isn't a question, but it's a story. Um, and I just wanted to share it with you. My name is Claire. I am a uh, family doctor and a mom of three young boys. And I started listening 
to your podcast and books when my youngest boy was six months old, fired me to start working out again and competing in triathlons because I just love that stuff and it has always made me so happy. And I followed all your um, tips in your book and I started waking up early to exercise and I set my goals. And this summer, I competed in a half Ironman triathlon, and I just found out that I was actually selected to represent Canada at the World Championships, and I am so excited, and it's all because of your goal-setting, you know, (laughs) help and just setting out how you go about achieving a massive goal. So thank you. I am so happy and I can't thank you enough. Bye. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Rachel Hollis. The show is produced by Sterling Coates and edited by Andrew Weller. 